Hey, um, it's Christina. Um, it's me, the girl who has commitment issues to every project that I start doing, including this podcast. And, oops, that's my cat. Hey, baby. I can't tell you how many times I tried to start recording this episode today, and I almost gave up because I felt like... I just always have this feeling like every time I sit down, as usual, I get blank. Oh! Oh my god. My cat just will not let me record. She wants me to pet her so bad. Anyway, um, the reason that I wanted to make this podcast today was there was a lot of things. It's... (laughs) It's really funny that today, this morning, I woke up and I had so many ideas for things that I was going to talk about. And and as like I said, as soon as I sit down, I just get like a little blank and I kind of panic because the sound of my own voice, blah, 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 all my uh, insecurities and anxiety. Um, but then I was on my laptop and I was just updating stuff on Anchor and iTunes and all that stuff, and I went to go look at my podcast on Apple Podcasts, and I realized that I have a five-star review from somebody, and it's the most beautiful, kind review. It's my first review, and I'm so happy that it's just beautiful, and shout out to whoever you are, who left me that review on on April 30th. <laughs> Thank you so much. Like it means the world to me that I got to read that and if I could just make one person feel like they're not alone or they could relate to anything that I'm talking about um that's just great and I I I'm really glad that somebody is listening. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just I'm just reading it right now again and I'm just it's so great. I'm it feels good to be supported, actually. That's my point. Um so yeah. Uh, <laughs> I apologize for the dryer machine going in the background of last episode. I just kind of just sat down and just let that episode flow out of me because I was so overwhelmed by the death of my friend and I just needed to talk about it because I felt like I couldn't talk about it to anyone because it's just so it's just so weird like obviously I talked to my boyfriend about it and he's had friends who've um, died as well but he didn't know my friend and so it was just I just needed to let that out of me so I kind of just did that episode without really thinking about it, and I'm kind of upset that I can't just get that same energy flow for this episode or any other episode that I do, because I just wish that I could just talk about stuff without feeling weird or awkward, but I feel like I'm always going to have that weird, awkward tone to all my podcasts, and I'm sorry if you're someone who gets secondhand embarrassment. I understand it. I get it all the time. 
and it makes me feel like I want to disappear. So I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you have secondhand embarrassment from my awkwardness. I apologize, but here I am. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. Um, my cats are making a lot of noise right now. Sorry about that. They want to go sit in the window, but I closed it because outside is very loud and I'm trying to be conscious of background noises now as much as possible. Who knows if I'm ever going to have a proper podcast set up. I think I'm always just going to be using my phone. By the way, I switched my podcast host from Podbean to Anchor and it makes a world of a difference. The, the Anchor app is just so much easier to use than Podbean. Um, everything's so much more aesthetically pleasing in this app too. It's just beautiful to look at and beautiful to use. I highly recommend it. And also, one of the problems I was having with Podbean was that I couldn't get my podcast on Spotify. But with literally within an hour of me switching and submitting my pod, switching to Anchor and then submitting my podcast to Spotify, it was on Spotify like within the hour, and it that's great. I'm so happy. Um, there was like literally no interruption to my feeds anywhere else and I was only on Apple Podcasts and my episodes still uploaded and I'm hoping this one's going to upload smoothly too. I was just feeling generally really discouraged because Podbean was making me feel like I would never get on Spotify and I didn't understand how to, um, how to do anything on there and I actually had emailed them and I asked them why my podcast wasn't on Spotify and then they sent me a bunch of shit back about my enclosure URL and my RSS feed and I just didn't really understand it. I didn't want to have to deal with that but literally since I switched to Anchor they do everything for you um there's been no problems and I'm hoping there will continue to be no problems and it's also totally free to use this app um in Podbean I didn't realize it but you have like a limit of how much space you can use there. I think there was like five gigabytes. And so basically after you reach that amount of time with your podcast, they want you to pay for it, <laughs> which I didn't realize. So I'm glad that I switched over. Um, anyway, I'm sorry if this all sounds like one giant ad for Anchor. I'm kind of rambling right now because, you know, that's just how I do. Um, anyway... Like I said, I was gonna. I tried to record this episode like at least five other times, um, at least an hour ago, and I just couldn't do it, and I kind of gave up. But as soon as I saw that review on iTunes, and thank you again, whoever you are, I really appreciate it. I truly appreciate it. It inspired me to come back here and sit down, and record an episode. <laughs> and so here I am, and honestly. Like I said in the last episode, I kind of scared myself by having so many expectations and these segments that I wanted to do and just, I kind of put myself in a box and I don't like that I did that to myself. So I feel like these episodes, the next few at least, or maybe even for a while or the rest of my podcast, I have no idea, things will change and I have to just, I'm just going to be comfortable with that. I don't know where this is going. Um, I don't want it to become too ranty. Uh, I'd like to still be educational, but at the same time, I'm kind of living in like this dissociation bubble right now where I just, 
ever since I moved and ever since I got here and I ever since I changed jobs, I've just felt kind of off the entire time. And it's, I don't, I really don't adjust well to change. Any big major change really affects me and it takes me a long time to recover after, after that. Uh, moving is a huge trigger for me. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it before on other podcasts. I'm probably going to be saying that a lot and forever. Because, like I said, I don't ever listen back to my podcast because I don't like the sound of my voice. Um, so I am sorry if I ever am repeating myself. Um, um, I was going to say let me know, but actually I don't really know if I want to know. Because then I might feel very self-conscious. Uh, where was I going with this? Man, I am blanking out right now, but that's Okay. What was I saying? I'm just watching the seconds go by. Um, Damn. I lost my train of thought there. What was I saying? I can't remember. And the more I try to remember it, it's just going to go away. Um, I wanted this podcast to be kind of educational but um for the same reason that I don't like school it kind of feels like I'd just be doing a lot of research and writing essays <laughs> I I just don't like putting pressure on myself I don't like deadlines and that's how I'd feel if I was researching to actually put out more educational stuff on this podcast so I'm just going to try and focus on like whatever I'm going through at the moment right now and just kind of work through that. Oh yeah, I was in my dissociation. I'm tr- I'm still trying to remember what I was trying to say, but it's clearly not going to happen, so I just have to let it go. My cats are jumping all around. That's the sound that you'll be hearing. Um anyway, I'm getting all anxious right now because <laughs> the big topic that I have been working through right now and trying to get myself to face that's a part of my past oh yes I remember what I was gonna say moving oh my god (laughs) yeah so uh, um moving is a huge flashback slash trigger for me because as a child my family moved a lot We'd never had a stable home for too long. We were always changing our home and, you know, dysfunctional families will do dysfunctional things. And every time there was a big move, it was very stressful and I didn't like it. And those have really stayed with me. My parents were always stressed too because it was always about money and they couldn't afford to live somewhere so we'd have to go or they lost their job. Um... And then really, when I think about moving, it literally all comes back to the last, what is it, six years since 2014 when I moved to the city, which was a really traumatic thing for me. Um, I'd say, and I've probably said this before to you, but 2014, I feel like I'm constantly stuck reliving that year 
because it was huge for me moving to the city. Um, there's just so many things that I want to say about that, but I feel like it's always too much. And maybe I can get into it little by little. Um, because I have to start somewhere, you know? I can't just keep all this stuff bottled inside me. Um, I'd like to talk about it. I'd like to write about it, actually. Um, even journal about it. But I have such a huge problem facing myself, uh, facing my past, writing about it, uh, hearing myself talk. I just have a huge problem with myself, clearly. <laughs> Anyways, I started reading this book. Back to what I was saying before, I remembered what I was saying before. I'm reading this book right now called The Sexual Healing Journey, A Guide for Survivors of Sexual Abuse by Wendy Maltz. Um, it's the third edition, and it says newly revised and updated. And it, it was actually first written, I think, in 1990, 1991. So... I kind of feel a bit weird reading it, honestly, because I feel like a lot has changed since 1991, and it's kind of a small feeling that I get while I read through it. But I still like it, and I still find it very relevant to myself. Um, and actually, I made this huge Instagram post on my personal Instagram, which I go... And on, on my personal Instagram, I go in and out of posting big things about myself and then I kind of like just withdraw into myself and then I don't really post about myself for a long time. So I, I kind of feel like I have no consistency there. And so people follow me for like the trauma stuff and then people follow me for like actually me. And then I feel like I went through this period where I kind of like removed a bunch of people from following me on that account because I didn't want them to know that much about me um a few of them have followed me back and it just makes me feel weirder about posting about my trauma but it's just this giant circle that I'm stuck in because I want people to know me but then I'm also scared of people knowing me uh it doesn't make sense but it makes sense to me who's traumatized and I'm sure a lot of other people know the feeling that I'm talking about um, the feeling of wanting to be seen and heard, but also being terrified of it. It's scary. Anyway, um, I feel like this book is going to be really good for me because uh, I've read a lot about trauma and the the brain and body and the nervous system, and I feel like I have a good... A good handle on that and like the effects of my trauma on my body and I understand why I'm reacting the way I do and I understand everything that's happening in my body now um, <clears throat> but the one thing that I have been kind of running away from slash neglecting a lot is my sexual abuse and so I kind of that's the post that I made on Instagram when when I first started reading this book, I just felt inspired to share about my sexual abuse, I guess. And I'm just going to find... Yeah. Okay. 
so um yeah this is like right in the beginning of the book and like on page two and three and it really stuck out for me because this is exactly how I feel so this is like I'm just gonna read from the book um a history of sexual abuse can disrupt many facets of our sexuality past abuse may continue to affect how we feel about being a man or a woman how we feel about our bodies sex organs and bodily functions how we think about sex how we express ourselves sexually how we experience physical pleasure and intimacy with others um yep these are all 100 percent me i feel very strange about being a woman um most of the time i would like to forget that i am a woman and sometimes I don't feel like a woman, but I know that I'm in a woman's body. And sometimes I like being in a woman's body. And sometimes I wish that I was more masculine. And I actively try to present myself and come off as more masculine because I don't. It's a sexual abuse thing. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Um, but I just feel like. And this is like really backwards thinking because sexual abuse happens to boys, it happens to men, it happens to women of any age, whatever. But in my mind, I feel like if I could just be a man, if I was a man, that wouldn't have happened to me. But I know that's not true. And that's something I literally just realized right at the second that I said it. That wanting to come off masculine really does not help because whether or not I was a boy or a girl the same thing would have happened to me anyway. Because fucking sexual predators are going to be sexual predators and they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. But yeah, I really struggle with being a woman. I struggle with um, feeling comfortable with my own womanliness. I don't relate well to other women. Uh, women scare me. Um... And that also has to do with the fact that I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness and I was completely cut off from society. I was isolated. Uh, I was not allowed to have friends. I wasn't allowed to be friends with worldly people. I wasn't allowed to have friends in school. Um, only people who went to the same church as me and there was like maybe two other people who were around my age. and. Every child who is a Jehovah's Witness, <laughs> nobody there is having healthy connections with other people. And so the other two girls that I knew um, were very traumatized in their own ways. And we were very into competition with each other and tearing each other down. There was actually a third girl. and. We were friends all at one point, but then we would get into fights with each other, and then I think eventually I just stopped talking to them altogether because they were just kind of bitchy, actually. So all my relationships with women, like basically my sisters, I have three sisters, it was very bad. It was not good. I didn't learn anything positive from the women who were around me or the other girls who were my age. I never learned the social skills needed to be around other women or socialize with other women. Um, 
and then because of all the sexual abuse that happened to me which was from men I kind of just had this feeling that that was my only purpose was to be sexual with men and so that was how I kind of I built I structured my whole social skill set around being this sexual object that men wanted but could not have um and it's really hard to break out of that pattern and also I feel like my relationship with women was affected even more so because I the thing is I know I was really sexually abused when I was a kid but I really cannot remember exactly I know two of my cousins but I have like this really strong feeling and I just know it has to be true somehow but I I definitely feel like my mother had I don't know if I mentioned this before but I definitely feel like my mother did something to me I know she I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Man, I feel like I'm going off on so many different tangents right now, and I feel like that's just always what's going to happen when I start talking about my trauma, because when I start pulling on one little thread of my trauma, it just connects to like a billion other things, and then I feel like it's impossible to talk about one thing without talking about like five different other things that are also connected to that one thing. So that's why I rarely open up about my trauma or talk about it because I feel like everything's so condensed and like tightly knitted together and it's hard to like untangle everything and just talk about one small part because then I get carried off I get carried away into all the other things that (laughs) resulted from that one thing or led to that one thing it's hard to just talk about one piece I just want to let it all out but a little at a time, a little at a time. I just have to go slow. But yeah, I definitely feel like my mother sexually abused us. Well, me. I can't speak for my sisters. I don't want to. Their story is theirs. Whenever they feel like sharing it, I'm just here to talk about me. Um, I feel like she definitely did something to me. And I don't know if anyone's heard of no contact sexual abuse. But that's a thing where um, the sexual abuser... Um, basically forces the other person to interact in ways that are sexual or they expose themselves or they show pornography or they just they just talk about sexual things and it's just not wanted and to especially to a child who doesn't even understand anything about sex being exposed to sex too early repeatedly forcefully against your will that's sexual abuse And it has the same effects as physical sexual abuse. Um, Some people, I just recently saw this on Twitter. And when I realized it was a thing, a lot of things clicked into place with me and with my mother. Because she was also sexually abused. And I vividly remember her often, all the time, talking about sex and her sexual abuse in detail. And these were things that you should not be telling a child. I was like five or six. This continued on until I was like 10, where she'd always be talking about everything. If it was vaguely sexual, would be turned into something sexual. 
Um, it was very uncomfortable. And this is all on top of emotional incest, a.k.a. enmeshment, a.k.a. parentification of a child, <laughs> where the parent turns to the child um, and kind of makes them the spouse because their needs aren't being met in their relationship. And so that's what my mother did to me. There's layers on layers of, on layers of weird, icky, sexual overtones that I had with my mother. And so I feel like that really negatively impacted my relationship and my skills, my social skills with other women. Um, on top of the sexual abuse that I had from my cousins who were both um, male, I just learned that any interaction with women or men, um, I expected it to be sexual. Um, I felt like that was the only purpose for interaction, actually, is that it had to be sexual. And that's the lens that I grew up looking through life in, that every interaction and every person was out to get me for sex. They wanted sex, only sex, talk about sex. And especially when you're a teenager, that's like the main thing. So it kind of like enforced that idea inside me. And in high school is when I kind of came out of my social, my introverted shell, I guess. And I started talking to people. And it's just like, it just reinforced that idea so much harder for me that everything is about sex. Um, as a child, I was very shy. I didn't bother trying to make friends. I was very quiet. But I don't know what happened when I got to high school. Some, something just kind of like kicked in where I was like, fuck being shy, fuck not having any friends. I'm going to talk to people. Um, but all I knew about social interactions with the, was that they were always supposed to be sexual. So that's how I learned to relate to other people. And I'm still trying to unlearn that right now. I don't know what it's like to be around women and not think that they want sex from me even though it doesn't even make any sense. That's just what my brain goes to. And it makes me uncomfortable because I don't like that vibe that I feel. And I feel like I'm, I feel like people can tell that's the vibe that I am feeling. And then I, I don't want to make things weird. I I just have, it it confuses me, honestly. And, you know, for a long time I thought, Maybe I was, like, bisexual or something. Um, it just really, really... All these weird sexual abuse feelings have truly confused me and um, entirely messed with my identity as a woman. And my sexual orientation feels totally fucked. Um, but I recently, I remember just recently doing this like test online somewhere maybe I'll link it later but it was like a test to see like if you're if you lean more towards gay um, bisexual or heterosexual and I totally am heterosexual with like small tendencies towards being bisexual but like very small so um after I did that I kind of felt more confident that these weird lingering effects of me thinking women want sex for me and getting all weird about that. I can finally understand that that is 100% a negative effect from my sexual abuse and that I am straight. 
um, I am straight. <laughs> but it's still obviously going to bother me forever. Um, well, probably not forever. I hope that I can heal from it. Um, yeah, so let me just get back to that page. Yep. Next point was how we feel about our bodies, sex organs, and bodily functions. And honestly, being sexually abused totally turns you off to your own body. Um, For a long time, I just was not aware of my body, my bodily functions, my sex organs. I just totally ignored it. And also growing up as a Jehovah's Witness, um, basically anything that's sexual is supposed to be for after marriage. So it's a very, like, purity culture bullshit. Um, uh, even masturbation is not allowed, clearly. Um, and so for for my entire childhood and most of my teenage years, I just kind of shut off. It's so weird because I went through life interacting in a very sexual way but then when it came down to sex I never had sex I did not masturbate I was very turned off from my own body like my body did not exist it was just in my head everything was in my head um yep and I would I'm reading this book right now and the author says that it's useful for people who are just on a sexual healing journey in general. It doesn't necessarily have to be from sexual abuse. And she does say, she mentions about the purity culture in religions. Um, and I feel like that, I really relate to that and I think it applies to me too. Because for a long time I just went around thinking that sex, if you were not married to someone, was evil. <laughs> I thought masturbation was evil. I thought my body was evil unless I was married. Um, And there's all these weird misogynistic viewpoints. Um, It's a lot to get into. Again, I feel like if I started talking about everything, I would never stop talking. I'm trying to stick to one topic here, but it's just really difficult. (laughs) Anyways, the other... I feel like I talked about all these other things. How we think about sex, how we express ourselves sexually... Um, yeah, I talked about those. And basically the last point there was how we experience physical pleasure and intimacy with others. And for me, that's definitely been a problem. I don't like being touched. I don't like being hugged. I just don't like any physical contact. It's hard to be intimate with my boyfriend even. I try, but it feels, um like I'm performing or I have to like it's an obligation uh yeah which is sad to think about I don't like that that is my reaction but it is okay so here's the this was what I the this is what I posted in, on my Instagram post it was the top 10 sexual symptoms of sexual abuse So I'm just going to read them. Uh, Number one is, I avoid fear or lacked interest in sex. 100% me. Um, I definitely fear it. I avoid it. And I just lack interest in sex. This goes back to the other point that I was talking about. 
um, how I experience physical pleasure and intimacy. I And I've read this in this book, actually, where a lot of other survivors say that they feel like they could go on the rest of their lives without having sex. And that's how I feel. Honestly, if I had to go the rest of my life without having sex, I feel like I would be 100% fine with that where I am right now if I didn't do any healing like I feel like I could just go on without ever having sex again and um that's not what I want (laughs) I have my boyfriend and I would love to have sex that I enjoy and feel all of you know that because the next point is I approach sex as an obligation and that's how I feel and it's unpleasant and sometimes I feel like Um, I just feel bad because I know this is a big problem. This is a problem in a lot, like I've been reading this book and it comes up over and over again where there's a situation between a couple where, um, the other person, the person who was sexually abused is not interested in sex and the person who's with them obviously is and has a sex drive and they get upset because they feel like their partner is not sexually interested in them and I don't want my boyfriend to ever feel like that I don't want my boyfriend to feel like I don't want him in that way but it's really hard and it's something we're just working through and we're just gonna have to keep working through um so the third point is I experience negative feelings such as anger disgust or guilt with touch and I think I already mentioned that I hate being touched I feel weird I don't feel guilty I don't even feel angry, I just feel very weird. I guess it would be, the closest thing would be disgust, but I don't want to say that, I just feel like very turned off and scared by touch. Um, Fourth point is I have difficulty becoming aroused or feeling sensation. That's definitely true for me, and it's very unpleasant. Uh, Fifth point, I feel emotionally distant or not present during sex also such a fucking bummer because I want to feel fully present I I just want to feel like I enjoy what's happening but then I get like sucked into these weird I feel like I'm not there I'm not in my body while this is happening and I don't like that and I know that's it's gonna take a while to change trying to feel hopeful here by reading this book um Next point, I experience intrusive or disturbing sexual thoughts and images. And this is something that I always felt really weird and I felt very weird about and I felt that is like something people don't really talk about um, is the intrusive and disturbing sexual thoughts and images. And I've read in this book that other survivors, um, it's common that they get aroused by memories of sexual abuse. And for so long, I felt dirty and disgusting because that happens to me too. And I just want to say, if that happens to you, um, you're not alone and you're not disgusting and gross. It's a normal thing, unfortunately. It's a normal reaction for people who've been sexually abused um, or where you just, those images and thoughts come in and it just happens and I feel strange about it and I wish that I didn't feel that way and 
hopefully reading this book and talking about this in therapy um I hope that that can go away because I don't like that I feel like it's a permanent I I know it's not true but I feel like it's this permanent thing that I will only ever be able to be aroused by those intrusive and disturbing sexual thoughts and I fucking hate it I hate it so much I feel disgusting and gross um but reading this book was the first time that I really saw other survivors talking about the same thing that I'm experiencing and it's just so great to feel like I'm not alone and I'm not fucking weird or perverted or fucking disgusting it's a normal response um next is I engage in compulsive or inappropriate sexual behaviors and as a teenager that was definitely me um very compulsive, very inappropriate sexual behaviors. I did a lot of things that I feel very uh, embarrassed and kind of ashamed by. Um, maybe one day I'll feel comfortable talking about that, but I, I don't right now. Just, I was very... It's weird, the shift that I'm experiencing right now, because when I was a teenager, I was very compulsively sexual, Um, I was having a lot of sex all the time and now I can't even imagine wanting to have that much sex all the time it's weird I feel like a different person Uh, next point is I have difficulty establishing or maintaining intimate an intimate relationship Mm. yeah well I mean I'm in a relationship right now and it's intimate and I try my best so I, I would say that I'm doing well there. I am maintaining an intimate relationship, but it's difficult. And the last two points, uh, the last last point is for men, which is erectile or ejaculatory difficulties, which I don't experience. And the one before that is I experience vaginal or vaginal pain or orgasmic difficulties. And that's me. That's also me. So, anyways, this book, I feel like it's really speaking to me, and I feel like it's really important that I started reading this now. And talking about all that, I feel like, was a big weight off my shoulders. I'm happy that I sat down and did this podcast. I don't know if anyone who's listening, because I don't have that many listeners of this podcast, um... I hope someone can relate. I really do. Um, yep, so that's what I've been thinking about and dealing with right now. And it's kind of strange because I just wish that... Um, It's just tough going through all of this alone, you know? This is... It's tough. It's tough to be alone with this in real life because I have a lot of support online. Um, The Twitter community especially. um, I have a lot of people who I talk to on there. And it's great. I love it. I appreciate everyone who talks to me. I really do. But I wish that I could just have one person in real life... (laughs) 
who understands and is willing to talk about these types of things with me. Um, it feels lonely here in real life. Sometimes. Most of the time. Um, that took a lot of courage and energy out of me to talk about all that. It really did. I'm just going to be gentle with myself for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Man, it's tough. It's tough feeling like no one wants to talk about these subjects because a lot of people don't and that's why it's such a huge problem because nobody wants to talk about child sex abuse because nobody's brave enough to face it or deal with it or stop these sexual predators. And even even me, I um it's tough to come forward and talk about it. I, I feel comfortable talking about some of it. Um, I feel comfortable talking about it on this podcast and on my blog and on Twitter where people don't really know me in real life. But I can't imagine um, the same way that I hide my personal Instagram from everyone in real life. Um, I can't imagine people knowing these things about me who know me in real life. And it's discouraging for me because I feel like I have to keep hiding these parts of myself because nobody wants to hear about it. Um, I'm trying really hard to unlearn these patterns and speak about my abuse and let people know what happened to me. But it's really difficult because... My whole thing is fitting in and being small and pleasing people and never stepping out of line. These are my trauma responses that are like deeply ingrained into me and it's really hard to break out of there. Uh, It's really hard. So this is a big step for me. Recording this podcast, talking about these things has been really big for me. And if you made it this far, thank you for listening. Um, I really appreciate it like a lot (sighs) yeah this book is kind of scary actually just because of everything it brings up and the fact that I don't really have anyone to talk about it with except for here on the podcast so maybe I'll just talk about it here I'll try and be more regular with it um There's so much I have to say. There's so many things I want to talk about and write about. I gotta stop running away from myself. Anyway. Hmm. Well, um, just to pick things up. (laughs) I... Um, right before I decided to sit down and do this podcast I was trying to get back into writing Um, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast and I'm always going to say that all the time I have no idea what I'm saying on this podcast I don't remember my memory is really bad but I really like writing 
um, science fiction, fiction, uh, romance, horror, and I'm trying to write this science fiction trilogy of books right now. Um, I have two outlines for two books, but the hardest part is just actually sitting down and writing chapter to chapter. It's really tough to do that. Um, it's tough to find a good flow. Uh, I have trouble deciding where I'm going to start this story. But it's exciting, and um, I hope that I can feel comfortable enough to share more of my writing. Because actually, I don't share my writing with anyone, not even my boyfriend. Because uh, I feel... I don't like people judging me or I don't want anyone to laugh at me or tell me my writing is bad. This all go goes back to my trauma, of course, of being uh, severely bullied and judged as a child where I just hid everything about myself away. And my writing is something I still hide. Um, and I just hope one day that I feel comfortable enough to share it because my stories are fucking good. <laughs> um, I really like my, the way that they're going right now. So I think that I'm going to try and write some more now. Maybe try and write a few paragraphs. Um, my boyfriend's dad recently said that he was starting to write because he actually um, plays D&D. And he's a DM, and he's had this campaign that he's been playing for like five years, I think. And he's decided to start writing a story with the characters and the world that he made. Um, and he said one of the things that he does to keep himself writing is just write a sentence or write a paragraph every day. Just to do something involving writing every day. And I think that's a great idea. And... I'd love to be able to do that, but you know me, I uh, have commitment issues, as you can tell by this podcast and my blog, <laughs> how I never post anything regularly. Um, but I think it's a good idea to just write a sentence a day. I'm trying to get that way with my journaling, too. Um, that's, I don't know, <laughs> I just have a problem with writing and being with myself. Even when I journal, my my journals are mostly, well, obviously when I was a teenager, I was more into writing about my feelings and writing weird poems and shit, but um, as I got older, I find they got more, like, factual, and I would just write things that I did in the day. I wouldn't really discuss my feelings. Um... I saw this post on Instagram, I think it was the holistic psychologist, and she said something that I wish, that I should probably, that I should probably do, and I want to do, is find a picture of myself when I was a, a, a kid, and just write about what it was like at that age, in that picture, what was happening. I, I need to get more in touch with my past.
it's tough too to like even record this podcast or read books or even find time to write my stories because um lately I haven't been feeling too good and when I come home from work we just make dinner we watch Parks and Rec and then I just go on YouTube and I watch videos until I fall asleep and then when the weekend comes around it's like I only have two days to do everything that I want to do that I haven't done during the week so it's difficult to pick and choose what I want to do so I end up trying to do everything at once or I just end up not doing anything at all um it's tough and then this heat too um makes me really tired and lazy I miss going out for walks that's another thing that's really weird too is that when I was a kid I loved summer I loved the heat I loved running around I loved doing anything I could outside but I find and I hated winter when I was a kid I hated winter so much um when I was a teenager even a couple years ago winter depressed me I hated the cold couldn't wait for summer now I find this heat just makes me so unbelievably tired and exhausted and going out is like a huge deal I sweat everywhere it's disgusting I hate it (laughs) and I find myself really actually liking fall and spring and kind of even winter now it's weird. I it's seeing myself change and grow up is a trip because I honestly never thought I would make it past 13. Um life is weird. Anyway, um this episode ended up being really long, which I'm kind of proud and happy about cuz I didn't think I could talk for this long. I just I just felt really inspired by that review. <laughs> um I feel good. I feel happy. I feel confident now. <sighs> I um like I said before I have no idea what direction this podcast is going in. Um so if it ends up being less educational and less information and that's what you were here for, I'm sorry, but things are going to just keep changing and flowing, just like me, how I can't keep my mind committed to one idea about anything, so I'm just going to go and ride the waves of this podcast and wherever it takes me, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you are here for it, and I'm so happy that you're listening to this podcast. And it really means a lot to me. Thank you. So yeah, if you want to follow this podcast and keep up with me uh, whenever I find it in my heart to post, (laughs) you can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube even. Um, I'm on almost all the major podcast apps now. Uh, If you go to my Twitter page for this podcast, which is at HealCPTSD, you can find an All My Links page, which has all my links. So you can follow me on all the stuff that's there. Uh, Thanks so much. Bye.